you. Uh, okay, then. Ron Wolfley. Ron Wolfley. What is up? <laughs> Witchbuster extraordinaire. Love that guy. Luke Lipinski. Yay. Wolf and Luke. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. The Action Community Studios on this Thursday morning. It is the Wolf and Luke show. Wolf. <laughs> that was pretty fun last night. Yeah, it was pretty fun. Very fun, as a matter of fact. The Suns, of course, ladies and gentlemen, uh, waylaid the Timberwolves. Well, I don't, don't want to say waylaid. They did not waylay the T-Wolves, of course. It was a very good game, I thought. But the Suns, in the end, were better. They were, and it, it that was far from their best game. I think anybody watching that would, would not look and say, oh, the Suns looked like a well-oiled machine last night. But... They still beat a team that was on a nice little winning streak that was climbing up the Western Conference standings, and they didn't play their best game. I don't know. I was uh, I, I, so I went last night. I didn't go as media. I went sure. like up in the crowd, and it was uh, it was an experience, especially when Kevin Durant didn't score for like the first quarter of the game, and people were kind of looking around like. Um, what what is what is going on? I mean, he was on a little bit of a minutes restriction yeah. too, obviously. But uh, then he got going. You know, he finished with what sixteen points. Yeah, Booker Booker took over with twenty nine points, but he didn't even shoot all that well. Every starter had double digits, but more, it was just kind of an ugly game, but a game that they won, and it is starting to look like they are almost certainly at least going to be in the top six, if not top four. Right, uh, that matters, of course. That's very very important. Never lose sight of that, Basinonians. Yet at the same time, I will say that I was more impressed with this win than a lot of other wins the Phoenix Suns have had this year. And the reason being is because of how they did struggle. They struggled to score the basketball. 48 points for this team in the first half. 48 points for the Phoenix Suns in the first half. You already mentioned the fact KD was struggling a 1-for-8 start. <laughs> that, that was pretty bad right there, no doubts. And yet they found a way to win the game and that to me is very very telling and it's very impressive when a team doesn't play anywhere close to what it's capable of playing and yet you go out and you find a way to win the game in the end and that's what they did don't you feel better i know everybody does how much better do you feel about this team now than you did even let's just say a week ago a week ago thursday they had just lost to the the lakers okay so a week ago from today they just lost to the lakers by 11 the Lakers had shot 46 free throws. The Suns had shot 20. All anybody was talking about was officiating. And it, you know, to be fair, had kind of been building to that. And that game was sort of the the boiling point for everybody. But, um, you know, at that point, you're 38 and 34. You had lost five of six. They ultimately lost Friday to Sacramento as well. But really after that Lakers game was, was the point where it was like, you know, Katie's going to be reevaluated in a week. We don't even know what that means. And so, yeah, the team is good when they're healthy, but, but who knows? Okay, since then, they lost to Sacramento, but I thought they played better. And then they won three straight, and DA's back, and Kevin Durant. Yeah. DA's kind of back. I don't know what that yeah, was last night. Right. But DA's back, and Kevin Durant's back. And now with six games to go, you've won three in a row, and you look whole, finally. Let's see. DA, DA was an enigma. Is that what you're saying? He did have he a really nice enigma. block. Yeah. That one block that yeah. he like could have spiked off of uh, a couple fans, that yeah, one. Right, no. Of course. Um, you know, honestly, the, the lasting impression of last night was the defense that the Suns played. 
I, I thought they were fantastic. I, honestly, um, defense won the game for the Suns. Would we agree on that right there? Yeah. Yes. I think Molly said as much after the game, Won the game for the Suns right there. I love that. Once again, a team that can win in different ways. This is going to be important going forward. And to be capable of doing it on the defensive end of the floor. It's one of the reasons why the Suns were so good last year. The 64-win season. Remember that. The way they could shut it down at will or seemingly so, on the defensive end of the floor in the fourth quarter and pull games out of the fire and win games. It, it was something that we're so good at doing. And Minnesota's a pretty good offensive team. Got some players out there. Carl Anthony Towns, pretty good player. Anthony Edwards, pretty good player. Scorer of the basketball. Anthony Edwards is ridiculous. He really is. Carl Anthony Towns is really good, too, but when you watch... Carl Anthony Towns, you're, it's almost deceptive how good he is because you're just like, yeah, he doesn't, you know, he looks like he's one of their better players, but he doesn't really look all that impressive. We were talking about it up at the stands last night. We're like, man, it almost feels like he isn't here. And you look up and he has 20 points right. at that point. Sure. Uh, but Anthony Edwards is, you you cannot miss him when he's on the floor. Yeah. You know, they, they're they a pretty good offensive team and they gave up no 30-point quarters last night and 100 points. And won the game because of it. And that, to me, again, I'm jacked up today because of that. Won the game. And KD, one of their best players, let's call him the most prolific scorer of the basketball. Are you kidding me? It's 16 points. And they still won the game. Yeah. No, it was you're 100% right. It was the defense. They also didn't really foul very much. The Timberwolves shot 12 free throws in the game. They weren't happy about that afterward. But it's the NBA. Nobody's ever happy with the officiating. But, and also... Devin Booker got to the line 15 times. 15 times. Yeah, you know, he he was really upset with himself earlier in the game because at one point he was 6 of 9 from the line. <laughs> okay. You know, for Book, Book is really, really good, of course, at shooting free throws. And 6 of 9, he's been struggling a little bit from the line. And he was a little upset, and then he ripped it off. He finished 12 of 15 from the line. So he got it right. But, yeah, I thought that was important that he got to the line. But when you talk about defense as well, where do you start, Basinonis? Where do you begin when you think of defense? And what you saw last night, it's J.O. <laughs> Josh Okogie. Especially man. in the first quarter, man. He oh. was everywhere in the first quarter. Oh, man, I thought late. I thought he was huge in that fourth quarter late, hitting the ground the way that he did. Hitting the floor. Um, offensive boards he came up with late or, or, or just some steals. Later in the fourth quarter, I was so impressed with him. Uh, for KD, he was the first name announced. It was, and I found that interesting. I heard Vince mention it this morning. Obviously, Booker's still going to be the last guy announced. It's Booker's team. I kind of liked the KD thing because it 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 felt like what you've been saying the last couple days of like the Suns probably and Kevin Durant probably just want to get this out of the way. You know what oh, I mean? Yeah. It, it, enough yeah. of the, the pomp and yes. circumstance. Let's go. So everybody's kind of settling in, and right away, he's the first guy introduced. 
And that's that honestly is when it felt like everything flipped. There was a lot of people looking around, you know, the three weeks ago, like, hey, why aren't they introducing Kevin Durant? Right. Because if you're at the game, you're probably not on your phone. You don't necessarily know that he's not going to play when he gets hurt in warmups. Last night, it was like, whoa, he's already they already introduced him. Right. People hadn't even settled in. But Let's I get it over. I think it was the way to do it. No, I you know what? Honestly, I think you're right on that. The pomp and the circumstance. I, I can just imagine you, you, we were talking about this. He's been here seven weeks the trade happened seven weeks he has not played a home game i you know it, get it over with he had to, he, i expect kevin durant to be so much more chill from this point forward he got it out of the way got it done let's go I was saying this during the second quarter last night our our uh, show topic was our next show topic wasn't going to be hey when does Kevin Durant play his first home game it was when does Kevin Durant score his first home points because he didn't have any in the first quarter <laughs> but uh, but then he got going it was it was uh, odd to see his first home point as a son be a free throw and it was funny because they were also congratulating Michael Phelps up on the uh, the scoreboard right like out of that timeout going into his free throw so it was uh, there was a lot of uh, a lot of stuff going on there, but he got his first point and then got got going a little bit. He had a couple big shots, but yeah, yeah. I I don't that'll probably one be one of his least productive games as a member of the Phoenix Suns this you know, year. I I wrote this down, but he missed his first six shots and then he started one of eight from the field. He was three of thirteen after three quarters. He was really struggling, very un KD like, very un yes, very un KD like. But you know what I loved about it too. It was also really human. It was. And that's the one thing about KD. His humanity is something that I think is legit. Um, He might be a little sensitive. He might wear his emotions on his sleeve. But it's it's so real. He doesn't try it. I I don't I don't get the impression he's trying to fake anybody. I don't get the impression that he's trying to be somebody that he's not. And I love that. And you know what? Um, I, it it kind of felt like he knew he was making his debut and all the pomp and all the circumstance and all the injuries and everything else. And the fact that he has not even played a home game after being here seven weeks. It, it, it looked like, yeah, that might have actually got to him. Kevin Durant may have got to him. Yeah, we'll play some of and his, I love that. his audio because he, he is very open about it. And he talked about it after the game. Uh, so we'll get into that in a little bit. When we come back, um, it's also opening day today. Baseball season is starting up. Here we go. When's the last time yeah. you had this much hope for the Diamondbacks? <laughs> we'll discuss that next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke Middays, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Command and Control loves this, Wolf. They're fired up for baseball. Yes. They are ready for the Orioles-Cubs World Series that we're not getting. <laughs> They're not alone, though. We all love the smell of pine tar in the afternoon, do we not? A couple games going right now. We, I've got one of them on the TV in here. The classic timeless rivalry. The New York Yankees against the San Francisco Giants. <laughs> that is beautiful right there. Baseball. Kind, kind of an odd way to start the season. Uh, look, D-backs get the Dodgers tonight. So you want to talk about starting with your rival and... Um, yeah, they're going to because they play them 
eight of the first ten games this wow. season. Uh, but after that, you only play them five times in your final 152 games this season. So if, like most of us, you're kind of sick of the Dodgers, you don't have to watch the Dodgers after April 9th very much. Yeah, man. How do you feel about this? How do you feel about the Diamondbacks with this young team starting so hard the way that they are, where they've got ten games, eight of them are against the Dodgers and two against the Padres. The Padres might even be tougher than the, the Dodgers. Padres. <laughs> hey, it's the Padres. You um, know, um, how do you feel about that? It's not great, but <laughs> uh, but also. We and I were kind of tossing this around yesterday. If you could, if you could somehow come out of that five and five, you know. And right now the D backs, they're such a young team; they probably don't know any better. Like, what if they go out there and you know everybody isn't totally settled in, and maybe the Dodgers aren't. Maybe you could sneak up on on teams in the first week, week and a half of the season. If there's some way you get out of that at a, you know a decent mark, you're kind of set up well for for a potentially productive season. Yeah. You just can't get buried by it. You can't go like one and nine, and I don't think they will. You know, it's amazing. I, I think immediately of the young guys, of course, on this team that the Diamondbacks are going to be leaning on heavily, okay? The young guys and the development of these young guys. We're talking about guys that have play, played like 25 games, 32 games. Corbin Carroll, 32. Uh, Gabriel Moreno, he's played 25 games. You know, we're talking about young guys and in important positions that you're counting on and you know what happens if they go out there and they light up the Dodgers right you know let's say do they get over cocky are you worried about that do they get overconfident um that's something that you have to worry about with these young guys and I know that that Corbin Carroll yeah I know Corbin Carroll is a guy the Diamondbacks feel really really good that he's mature well beyond his years which is one of the reasons why they gave him the money that they did but you never know this is what i can't wait to see i love this this is the great thing about the game of baseball it happens almost every day it really is it's it's almost like a soap opera and it develops right in front of your very eyes and there's nothing better than seeing a young dude develop in the game of baseball because it's daily i love that i'll just keep coming back to this i think there is a very there is i don't i don't think this there is there's a very different vibe now, every time Corbin Carroll does something and shows evolution of his game and shows that he's developing into the player, if, if any step he takes towards becoming that player that everybody hopes he can become, it's going to hit differently for you if you're a Diamondbacks fan because you don't even have to have the thought, the tiny thought in the back of your mind of, yeah, okay, but are they developing him in three years? He's going to be on the Yankees. You know what I mean? There's there's yeah, no thought right, of that. Exactly. He signed for eight years. Yeah. Everything Corbin Carroll does is for the Diamondbacks. It's like you bought a car instead of leasing a car. Yeah. Everything that goes well, it's yours with yes. Corbin Carroll. And I love that you just said that because that leads me into what I want to say about Corbin Carroll. Everything he does well. Hey, Corbin, get your guard up. Get your guard up. Believe nobody who tells you anything about how great you are. <laughs> get your guard up. Be your harshest critic in all that you do. Be internally motivated and be your harshest critic in all that you do. And you will thrive. 
it's it's so much of the time I, I see young guys when they're developing where they'll they'll get some sugar we used to call it getting a little sugar from the coach or getting a little sugar from your agent or getting sugar from your your social media account whatever it may be suddenly you're getting all this praise because success is happening well like grand hill's mom told grand hill many many years ago don't fear failure Fear success, because success will change you. Fear that, Corbin. Get your guard out. What is, it may almost sound weird to say this, but what probably has me most excited about the D-backs this season is, look, Corbin Carroll can't have a bad year and they have success, but he doesn't have to instantly become an all-star for them to this year for them to have success there's enough other guys you know what if you get a bounce back year from Cattell Marte what if Gabriel Marino really is that guy that a lot of baseball people believe he's going to become what if Jake McCarthy just keeps doing what he did last year what if Alec Thomas is back to hitting in addition to the defense you know Um, the questions are certainly when it comes to pitching I would say more than anything else Zach Gallen was on with Burns and Gambo earlier this week it feels here weird to to hear Zach Gallen on a different show since he's like a (laughs) co-host of our show but I'm going to play this anyways. We had him on like 18 times last year, and we've already had him on this year. Yes. Uh, they asked him Love about you, his expectations for this season. And honestly, I think we're going to compete for a playoff spot. Um, you know, I think um, one fold of that is, you know, if, if you don't think you can compete for a playoff spot, what are you, what are you doing it for? What are you shooting up for? Um, but twofold of that is, is the fact that I actually do think we have the talent, um, you know, whether it's on the veteran side, the young side. Pitching, the defense, the base running, um, you know, all the way to, you know, just our analytics staff and, and pairing us with that knowledge. Um, and I, I think I think this is going to be an exciting year for us. Um, and I, I haven't been able to say that with full-on confidence, um, you know, so far in my big league career. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited. I believe it was Merrill Kelly. We had a bunch of players on the, the two days we were out there at spring training. We were supposed to be out there a third day, but it ended up raining. Um, <laughs> wow. Well, we are, what, eight seconds into the baseball season, Aaron Judge already has a home run. Oh, boy. Okay. There <laughs> so we, there you go. There's no All right. Aaron All right. Judge to center field. I need to interrupt you guys for a second. Lauren says, is Aaron Judge going to get up here and hit a home run? And then he got up there and hit a home run. Yeah, that's uh, So that's Lauren called it back here. Look at that. Well, there you go. Right well over done the fence. by you, Pixie. Um, uh, what I was going to say, though, is Merrill Kelly. I believe it was Merrill Kelly uh, when we were out there was like, look, you're always excited at the start of the season, spring training, right? But yeah. there is a different si- level of excitement this year. I believe it was him. It may have been, it might have been Josh. It was definitely one of the vets that we had. I think it was Merrill Kelly. And Zach Allen just kind of said it right there of like, yeah, there, there is, you're always excited but there's a little more substance to it yeah. this year. Yeah, you know, I, I and I totally know what he meant by this, Space and Onions, when he said, you know, what are you suiting up for if you don't think he can win? What are you, what are you suiting up for? Um, I would say you're suiting up for what? What am I suiting up for? To show you that I'm better than you, <laughs> so I can drive you into the ground. Can I, I? I cannot tell you how many times I had to take the field knowing we were probably going to lose the game, but I wasn't going to lose. Do you understand? It's a mentality. He was talking about the collective, of course. Well, he wasn't. He would also about get ejected himself. if he drove somebody into the ground. I, I, I know, but at the same time, you could still, even as a pitcher, you can metaphorically drive somebody into the ground. Well, he did that for a month and a half bat. last year. Correct. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So again, you know, for me, I know he was speaking collectively. He was speaking of the team. But what are you suiting up for? See, that was the thing that I love, Basin above all else, was the fact that once you stepped in between those white lines, it wasn't a game, man. It was a test. 
That's why I'm suiting up. That's what I'm doing. I'm internally motivated. And it's not about winning and losing a game as much as it's about myopically winning my job and doing what I am supposed to do. It was huge. What about this? Um, this these pitching matchups for the first weekend series here against the Dodgers starting today. Zach Gallen against Julio Urias. So two of the best younger pitchers in baseball uh, tomorrow. And, th- and this could change, but tomorrow it's Merrill Kelly against Dustin May. Dustin May, who they have high expectations for, but you know he was hurt last year and he wasn't. You know it wasn't great when he came back. Then on Saturday, two guys that kind of everybody forgets about: Madison Bumgarner against Clayton Kershaw. <laughs> I mean, two Hall of Famers. And then on Sunday, Zach Davies against Noah Syndergaard. So yeah. we'll see. But that's, you're going to get tested a lot these first 10 games. You just got to just gotta get through it. It's so like four or five so or more wins. When you say Madison Bumgarner, because to me, once again, that guy, that guy could hold the key as to whether or not the, the Arizona Diamondbacks are going to be as good as we think, be as competitive as we think. Can you imagine if he could nail down that number three spot in the rotation and turn the clock back and pitch better than we have seen him since he showed up here? If he can do that. Changes everything. It changes everything. It, it, a bounce back year from either or, or no, either and, I don't know, both or, or one of Cattell Marte or Madison Bumgarner. That would that would do wonders for this team. Okay, you get both bounce back well, right there. I don't want to think about it. Are you kidding me? They're in the postseason. Uh, text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. When we come back, what were John Bloom's thoughts on KD's home debut last night? We're just going to ask him. He's going to join us next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke. Suns run to the playoffs coverage. Brought to you by Canvas Annuity. Score up to 6.25% on your retirement savings. Uh, Evening at Footprint Center last night as the Suns defeat the Minnesota Timberwolves. Kevin Durant not only... Gets to start the game, Wolf. Makes it through the game. Suns get the win. Just a, just a party atmosphere walking out of there last night. And John Bloom is joining us right now. Phoenix Suns broadcaster joining us on the Arizona Sports Line. Talk about it. Bloomer, what's going on? What's up, Luke? Yeah, it was a party atmosphere on the uh, Suns postgame show inside the building, too. There was a concert going on uh, in the, in the uh, Arena Bowl, which uh, the bass was, like, pervasive even through where we do the uh, postgame show. So, yeah, there was, there was definitely a vibe from the uh, second we got to the gym and, and even hours after the game was over. So, of course, Johnny, we're going to be talking about Kevin Durant here, but tell me what you saw from the team. What did you like about last night? You know, it's fascinating, Wolf, because I've heard you talk about, uh, you know, the humanity, uh, and we've all talking, talked about the humility as well of yes. Kevin Durant since he got here. Uh, that, that That's kind of something that stood out to those of us who have been watching him and his every move that's been at least public. Now, he's been behind the scenes and, and not with us for the most part since he's become a Phoenix Sun. Uh, so last night was just so exciting to get through the whole warm-up situation, which obviously uh, so many people were nervous 
to I didn't even go out to, to the bowl to watch it. I was like, I'm not, I'm not gonna let it all happen, and I'm just gonna stay back here and do my coach's interview and and hang out in the media room. And then uh, you know, once I got the all clear sign that he was in the starting lineup, there was definitely a, a, a breath of uh, you know a, a sigh of relief. I, I guess is the is the better way to say it. Uh, and and then to see them play the way they did makes me believe that they all kind of were feeling the same way we are, uh, and we were. And that is back to that humanity uh, part of the conversation, which is, yeah, we look at these guys as superhuman a lot of the time. They yep. do things on the basketball court that, in essence, are superhuman. But uh, they're humans, and so they have the same emotions, anxieties, stress, everything else that we all suffer day to day. Uh, and uh, and so you could see it, that they wanted to get through that night just as much as Suns fans wanted to get through it with a win and, and see Kevin Durant play in a Suns uniform in person for the first time. So now that that all happened, I have a feeling that uh, we're going to see them play in a different fashion uh, with a little less uh, of those elements we talked about uh, and the mental anguish and just go play basketball. Yeah, I'm with you, and and ironically, I did the same thing, Bloomer. I was I was there and refused to watch warmups once once they started. <laughs> once everybody was lining up for the starting lineups, and they announced who was starting for Minnesota, I was like, all right, I can I can turn and look at the court now. Um, last night, I, it wasn't the floor. I mean, they won the game. They beat a, a pretty good Minnesota team, but it still kind of feels like they're just scratching the surface of what this group is capable of. Now, the flip side is they don't have a whole lot of time to uh, to truly get rolling. Do you think they? have enough time and and even if they don't even if it's kind of a version of what we saw last night or maybe the Dallas game a couple weeks ago when Katie was in there do you think that's enough to potentially get them going in the playoffs I do. I think it's enough. I think we're going to see uh, things continue to round into form over the next couple of weeks. But the, the fascinating thing about it, that's definitely a big part of this is just how many teams are within striking distance of them for fourth and, and how far they could fall if they don't you know, mind their P's and Q's and take care of business and win basketball games. Now, the Nuggets, who they're hosting tomorrow night, are playing tonight at home against New Orleans, and that's a brutal back-to-back. We've had to do that before, play in Denver, then come home and play at home against another team. Now Denver is playing their home game tonight and then flying that couple hours. They'll get to bed, you know, three or four and have to take on KD, Book, Chris Paul, DeAndre Ayton, and that whole crew tomorrow night. So, uh, you know, you want the Suns to take advantage of that and win another basketball game and stack these wins up so that they can solidify their spot uh, with with home court advantage in, in the first round of the playoffs. And I don't know that that's, you know, the, the only view here. I think a lot of it is also that they want to round into form at the right time that they want to play their best basketball and I think part of that is uh, having their best groupings on the floor and that is the biggest task for Monty his staff to figure out you know those rotations and last night we didn't see you know Damian Lee we didn't see um, Ish Wainwright we didn't see Jock Landale and those guys may or may not you know have roles as we get down the stretch of this season we are seeing more of TJ Warren he's made an impression on this coaching staff over the last few weeks and I would guess that you guys guys like me uh, are not surprised at that. Yeah. What did you think of the bench play last night? 
I thought it wasn't as uh, on point, Wolf, as it was against the Utah Jazz in the previous couple games before that. Uh, but I still felt like Bismack Biombo came out, set the tone defensively, made some big plays on that end, and also was finishing on offense when guys were finding him on the roll to the basket. So that was big early on, I felt. Uh, and then I thought that they got good contribution again from Cameron Payne. He's in that mode right now where, you know, even if he's not going to make all his shots, he's making a difference. And he's making the defense press yeah. when he's out there on the floor. And I love that about him. Uh, you know, he does that differently than any other person that the Suns have at their disposal with regards to running the show and the, and the offense and pushing that pace. And so uh, I, I like the fact that he's not only done that, but he's also kept it under control, hasn't turned the ball over. And as he told us on the postgame show in Salt Lake City, you know, he, he's picking his spots when to be turbo and when to just be right. Cameron Payne. Yeah, Bloomer, along those lines with campaign, like you just said, I mean, his last eight games, he's hit double digits and points five times. He's averaging more than four assists per game. But in those eight games, he's turned the ball over six total times. We were talking yesterday, in terms of bench guys, he really still might be the most important bench guy on this team. Do you feel that way? I do. I mean, that part of that, part of that is, Luke, because I'm just uh, biased towards the point guard position and its value on the basketball court and always have been. But uh, I, I feel like when Chris Paul is going to need those breaks, and we know he's going to as much as anybody else on this team, but for him, with being the maestro of this basketball team, and again, last night, I felt like he really rose to the occasion when he saw that Kevin Durant wasn't knocking down shots, and when he knew that the offense was sputtering, he put more of it on his shoulders, and he told Alan Tim that after the game too that he realizes you know what I just need to go score sometimes and uh, and that's true and when he can figure out when those spots are uh, that's what's so dangerous because he has a better uh, vision for that or feel for that than virtually anybody on a basketball court so the Suns are really fortuitous to have that uh, in play but also from a standpoint of campaign because again when he can come out and be successful then Monty's not forced to put more on the shoulders of, of CP3. Johnny Weir talking about the defense, of course, and how impressive the defense was. Can I ask you your own personal opinion in regard to who the most impressive player was for the Suns defensively? Defensively, right now with this basketball team, uh, I think it's it's going to be a work in progress, but I think that that progress could uh, be more noticeable than what we see on offense, Wolf, if that makes sense. Because, you know, look, we all expect Kevin Durant to make a lot more shots than what he did last night, and so does he, by the way, and he's going to. That was his worst shooting performance of the season, and I doubt we'll see another 5 out of 18 from him. But defensively, with them working together, and I even noticed some moments last night between KD and some of the other guys he was switching with on the perimeter and watching their communication. I think that's only going to get tighter, and as it gets tighter, it's going to get tougher for the opposition to put the ball in the bucket, and that is really where the Suns are going to yeah. separate themselves. Yep. A lot of a lot of people are focusing right now on the Lakers, right? If you watch national shows, you're going to start hearing more about the Lakers because they're starting to put themselves in position where they're actually going to be in the playoffs, and, and not that we should celebrate that in any respect whatsoever, but the reason why the Lakers are playing such good basketball has nothing to do with Anthony Davis's 30 and 40 point nights. It has to do with the defense they're playing. They've been the top defense in the league for a couple months now. So if they make a run, it's going to be defensively and I think the same thing about this Phoenix Suns group. Bloomer, great stuff as always, man. This is a great day for the Suns and obviously a good day to talk to you. 
Always a good day to talk to you guys. Uh, thanks for having me on, and I uh, look forward to another fun one tomorrow night. Sounds good. Or a bloomer. That's John Bloom checking in right there on the Arizona Sports Line. And, yeah, his postgame show was a party last night, and that's uh, that's well-earned not only for him but uh, but for the callers and listeners as well because it's been up and down at times this year. All right, we come back. What did Kevin Durant think about Kevin Durant's home debut? We'll hear what he had to say next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Suns run to the playoffs coverage. Brought to you by Canvas Annuity. Score up to 6.25% on your retirement savings. All right, KD comes back. Plays the whole game. Suns win. Beat Minnesota. We talked about this yesterday. Probably the team that's left on the Suns' schedule, and now they aren't, with uh, only six games to go, That where the game itself meant the most in the standings. And we'll get into some of the ramifications of what that did for Phoenix. But they are now two and a half games up on Minnesota for the uh, the seventh seed. And that, to me, is the cutoff. You just want to stay top six right now. There's still only a half game up on the Clippers for fourth. And that is important. But I also sat through a Game 7 last year at Footprint Center that didn't really feel like home court matter all that much against Dallas, to be honest. You still won it, but that that to me doesn't matter nearly as much as just getting into the top six. Kevin Durant spoke uh, at length after the game last night, and we figured we could sit here and play this and say that, and no, this guy thought this about KD. We could just play KD audio. So let's just fire off some of this, okay? Uh, He was asked uh, why he changed his shoes at halftime. Yeah, because I was one for eight, and I was just trying to find something. (laughs) So, yeah, I tried to to find something, (laughs) you know. but and I made more shots the second half, so I guess I guess it helped. Yeah, he's found his new shoes, though. <laughs> it's so funny because Eddie Johnson, of course, as we all know, the smooth shooter that he is, isn't that right, Kay? Right? Eddie Johnson was talking about that very thing <laughs> right there. You know, you'll try anything. You go out there, you're one for eight. You miss your first six shots, and you're one for eight. You're going to do anything you can. Some guys, Eddie was talking about the fact he'd jump in the shower. Sometimes he'd take a shower. At halftime, uh-huh. just to go I would out hate there. That that would Can like you slow you down. No, no, man. It just he was doing anything that he could to say, okay, a brand new start in this second half here. That made so much sense to me. KD changing the sho- changing the shoes because he's one for eight. Of course, look, he's probably but he I was mean, three of thirteen after three. He doesn't go one for eight. We just had John Bloom on. He pointed out that that was KD's worst shooting performance of the entire season. The guy yeah. he does he doesn't he doesn't have off nights like that. Uh, more from uh, from Katie. I thought this was a very honest self assessment after the game. Yeah, I was just saying that to the guys in the locker room that um, it's hard for me to get sleep today. It was hard for me to stop thinking about the game, and sometimes uh, you can want it too bad, and you come out there and play like you know, start rushing and start taking being uncharacteristic. So um, I'm glad I'm back. I'm glad I'm into the. You know, to the zone of playing again and being around the guys and being one of the guys again. So just keep building from here. Oh, man. You know, it's honestly, the guy just disarms you. He disarms you. Does he not base it on him? But the reason being is because he just tells you the truth as he sees it. And knows it right there. Yeah. You, you just had Kevin Durant. Would you say Kevin Durant has been around for a long time? Would you say that he's done some while. things? Yeah, he's won some he, stuff. he just basically admitted the fact 
that he was a little anxious. Yeah. <laughs> he just wanted to get it out of the way. That's how, I, I, it's so human it's, to it's, listen to it's him. It's very humility. refreshing, and you don't need to compare it to something else, but if you want to, go ahead and compare it to what Kyrie Irving was saying after his game with Dallas <laughs> last night. It's not the same thing, and I can't say what Kyrie said after his oh game in Dallas. Oh, my goodness. Uh, yeah, look, it's KD has been um, this personality his whole career obviously but it is isn't it if you're a Suns fan and you spent all those years having to hear those conversations about oh you know are any of the really good players going to want to come yeah. here and oh yeah no they why would they ever want to go there they'd want to go to New York well now you're talking about one of the best players of all time not only wanted to come here is here and this is the second time at least where he has admitted I just really want to you know, yeah. I want it too bad is what he said right, right there. He wants to fit in here. Like you're talking about a, a surefire Hall of Famer top ten all time player that was nervous for a son's regular season yes. game last night. And don't like get worried that he's gonna be nervous in all big games. He's won finals MVP a couple times. When he gets rolling, he'll be just fine. But that's human. Yeah, it, that's it's so human. It's incredible. And to hear him admit it, uh, it's so refreshing to hear that coming from a guy that has accomplished what KD has accomplished in his career. That is stunning to me. You know what it's like, basically, needs? It's kind of like when you go to a party and you don't really know a lot of the people at the party. You go to a party and you have to get what? You have to get the introductions out of the way. You have to get the salutations and the introductions out of the way. For some people, that's the easy part. For some people, that's the, the, the difficult part. I, I, <laughs> I will tell you, for me, that that's the easy part. The salutations and the introductions. Hey, how you doing? What's up? We'll look you dead in the eye and shake your hand. How are you? Okay, great. After that, after the introductions, what am I supposed to say to you? I just don't know. <laughs> you I could just repeat their name back to them over and I, over again. I honestly, it's like, you know, some people hide behind their wife's skirt, metaphorically speaking, and that is me. That's exactly what I do. And the warrior queen is just so outgoing, and she's waving her arms and smiling to everybody and lighting up the room. It's, it's easy for her. The salutations are easy. And then, of course, the context, the body of the entire night. What are you going to do about it? It's for KD right now, getting it over the introduction, the salutations, get it out of the way. And now the guy can just ball. And I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah, you and I are the exact opposite. I'd much rather just get through the introductions at the party and then have the actual party. Okay. Like, introductions, that's great. Yeah, okay. Like, like and, you're, and, you're really good at I, walking around and being social. Is that I, I just, no, saying? I don't know. I'm, I just pr- would prefer that to the, hey, what's your name? Hey, okay. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah no. Yeah, no. Yeah, see, yeah, see I'd to rather me, the salutations. Like, I know how to do that. That's good. Hey, how are you? You know, it's nice meeting you. Yes. Yeah, the so next time great. we go to a party as a show, you do all the introductions <laughs> and then I'll carry the content afterwards. And then people look at you like, what are you going to say? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Uh, That's probably because you do a four-hour radio show show every day. And they're like, you, you talk, don't you? It's just so funny. But that's what KD basically was doing. Uh, Here's more from KD. They asked him, hey, were you uh, extra cautious in warm-ups today? (laughs) Because none of us could breathe. No, I didn't. (laughs) No, man. It was, was, everything felt normal. Um, Like I said, I'm glad I'm out there. Talked about finally making that home debut, too. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it was cool. I mean, I tried not to bask in it too much. Um, I know everybody was anticipating and waiting on it since 
since the last time I stepped on the floor for warm-ups, you know, so I'm glad we was able to do it again and get through it and move on from here. So um, every game we get to play at home, it's good for our camaraderie, our chemistry. We want to protect our home floor, and, you know, tonight was another night. There are no more arbitrary checkpoints. No. There really aren't. I mean, no. now there's the playoffs. That's as a team, and yes. it's for every team. But there's not, well, you know, KD hasn't played on a Sunday afternoon. Actually, he has. Yes. He hasn't played on a Monday evening at home against an Eastern Conference. Like, that's all. We're done with that. Now, he's he's made his debut. He's made his home debut. And let's go. It's time for KD to socialize, metaphorically speaking, of course, what we were just talking about. It's time for him to start walking around the party and talking to people. And dropping 35. And dropping 35. That's how KD socializes. <laughs> In the process right now. Yeah, it is. It's just, I, I'm glad. I'm, I'm glad for him. Because I know what that is like uh, on a very small level. I, I played for three different teams. I know what that first impression is is all about. I know what it's like to walk around, not only to go out and play a game, of course, but most likely to walk inside that locker room and and. Say hello, and you know the you know some of the the bad feelings that I had walking in to that brand new locker room. Some of the guys that were in there, guys that I I went to blows with on the football field, and I know what that's like. You just want to get it all out of the way. That first meeting of looking the guy that you brawled last year dead in the eye and saying, "Are we cool? Yeah, <laughs> we all right? We good?" Um, here's one more from KD talking about uh, just hoping he's back for good now. And, and to your point, Wolf, that you can just finally turn the corner. Yeah, it was frustrating, but um, I've been through rehabs and injuries before, so I just try to go in there and um, you know every day just try to uh, be the best that I can in a rehab and focus on that. And when I'm ready to play, I'll be ready to play. So I'm looking forward to keep building, though. Man, it's been in and out the lineup for me the last since January. You know, so I want to. Get some consistent minutes with the guys, some good reps in with the guys. As frustrating as it is for us, it's got to be most frustrating for him. There it is right there, building. You heard what he said. It's so true. You you can't build something unless you're building something in the process of building. Nothing gets built unless you're building, and that's what they're doing. It's the process that he wants to engage right now, and I totally understand what he's saying. That makes so much sense. Uh, All right, when we come back, we'll stick with uh, KD's home debut last night. We'll talk to ESPN's Jay Williams, get his thoughts on it. That's next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.